Hey everybody, you're tuning into Mad About It. I'm your host, Becky. Becky with the good hair. That's right, it's me. Today is another episode of the music series. Woo! Yes, the music series is the best. I'm like a huge fan. Um, so this episode, okay. The last time we talked, I was like, we're gonna do like rock like women in rock that's what the thing's gonna be and then I was like well when does rock really start you know what I mean like should I just go backwards from like where we left off should I just go back to like you know should I go to the 90s should I go to the 2000s should I should I go to the 80s should I go to the 70s should I go to the 60s and then I was just like well I don't even know I gotta go back to the beginning we gotta go back to the beginning we gotta go all the way back to blues and you might think like that's a bit extreme we gotta go all the way back there i stay stay tuned stay tuned y'all get this playlist there's a link in the description get this playlist up because it's called blow your mind all right like if you don't know a lot about the music from the 20s and the 30s and the 40s you have to there's just gonna be like a whirlwind tour of it Except with like a huge bias from Becky here. So yeah, there's gonna be it's like I don't think it's all it's all it's all women. We're it's all women. Um and uh they're like at least half like, you know, here's the deal. You can't say that people from the past are gay, you just can't do it. You can't be like these people are queer because it just means totally different stuff. I mean, queer means something different even from now, from like four years ago. You know what I mean? Like, we can say queer and it's not an insult now. Um, it used to be a huge insult to say queer. Now it's not an insult. So, you know, like, that's just been just a couple years. Imagine the difference for a hundred. You know, the 1920s were almost, it was almost a a hundred years ago. I mean, this first, the first recording that we're going to talk about, uh, Crazy Blues by Mamie Smith, uh, is recorded in 1920. So we're like almost there. It's almost been a hundred years since Mamie Smith recorded Crazy Blues. Uh, yeah. That's a long time ago. That's that's the real roots of rock and roll right here. All right. So we gotta talk about it. Um. Okay. So before we talk about it, I gotta tell you guys about uh, Shine Louise Houston's new movie, Chemistry Eases the Pain. Go check it out on Indiegogo. I'm gonna link it in the description. Um, it looks amazing. So, we all know Shine Louise Houston from the Crash Pad series. They also uh, just, you know, want to make movies that aren't just people fucking. Which is, which is, you know, it's not like that's a bad thing. But, you know, you got other, you got other things you want to say. You got other goals, you got other dreams. Shine Louise Houston... This movie looks amazing. It looks so good. I'm like super pumped about it. Um, so basically, what it is, um, uh, 
Chemistry mm-hmm. Eases the Pain is a short film about reassessing one's self-made sexual identity. The beauty of the queer experience is that we have an opportunity and a space to redefine ourselves, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. Chemistry is a humorous and heartfelt look at the struggle of change. Um, it's about a, uh, a main character who identifies as a lesbian who is uh, attracted to a straight white guy and there's a lot of like shame and ambivalence and it's kind of like a funny twist on like you know an opposite sort of deal so like instead of being gay and feeling shit about it there's a gay person who identifies you know strongly with their label feeling shit about getting attracted to some straight cis you know hetero boring dude this sounds hilarious 100% check it out. The link is in the description. Support queer art. Holy shit. Like, please. It looks awesome. You know, like, how fun is it that we live in a world where, like, you know, this exists, you know? Like, I don't want to just be all guilt trippy, but, like, you know, there's people being murdered in Chechnya. And... You can either, you know, ignore the people getting murdered in Chechnya and not support queer art in a liberated nation, or you can ignore the people dying in Chechnya and support queer art in one of the best places to be gay in the world. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the best thing we can do is support each other. So check it out. Chemistry eases the pain. It's fucking dope. Awesome. Okay, so Mammy Smith. That's the first artist that we're looking at today. Everybody got their playlist going? Link to the playlist is in the description. Mammy Smith. She uh, is originally a, uh, a vaudeville singer and dancer, piano and actress. But she sang and performed the blues and she was recorded and her record crazy blues was so popular that she got signed got signed by OK Records. Oka. O-K-E-H. Don't, don't kill Becky. Becky loves, Becky loves doing this. Okay. Um. And the record blues, crazy, crazy blues. Uh. Here's the deal. She got signed and it was so popular that it started an era of female, classic female blues. That's what they called it. That's a, now we look back at it and we say, this is the classic female blues era. But really what happened is that Mammy Smith was so popular that now suddenly all these other publishing companies, all these other, all these other, uh, all these other record companies wanted to have a female blues singer. So what does that do? That that creates a ton of gigs for a whole bunch of whole bunch of people. Um, Mammy 
Smith. It's a really cool sound. She kind of just like, she fizzles out. She like gets in there, she gets her hit, and then everybody that comes after her just totally overshadows her. <laughs> Poor Mammy Smith. Like, doesn't that suck? But, um, she's originally from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, so like, represent. Cincinnati's the best. There's a lot of a lot of these people from Cincinnati. This is a very like uh, this is a very like uh, Chicago, St. Louis, Cincinnati. Uh, this is that's this thing, you know. There's a little bit of East Coasters, but not so much. Very Midwestern. All right. So the songs we have for uh, the songs on the playlist for Mammy Smith are uh, Crazy Blues, that Dada Strain. Gotta check out that Dada Strain. I fucking love that song. And uh, I didn't put anything else on there because we got a lot else to get to, but um, mostly what you're going to notice with this is that it's that real old school recording quality, and uh, it's it's quite a bit more dated than everything else on the playlist. And um, so Mamie Smith is also important because her records were sold in white neighborhoods and white people bought her music. So this is really kind of like uh, the, one of the first uh, one of the first artists that's really starting to uh, uh, you know bridge the gap between uh, uh, white people music and black people music. And that was a, that was a very there was a very big gap uh, back in the day. I mean we're talking about there was just segregation. So um, but like I said, she made it so that. Now all these other record companies wanted to have a a, a black female blues singer, um, which brings us to Alberta Hunter. Go to the playlist, check out Alberta Hunter. Alberta Hunter, uh, so good. <laughs> some of these, some of these. Some of these songs, like, you know how people, I, you know, I don't know, I was thinking about just, like, I just said, like, oh, there's a huge gap between the white people and the black people music in the 20s. There's still a huge gap between white people and black people music in the right now. We just deal with it differently. We talk about it differently. Um, you know, I, you know, people are always talking about how, like, gross and disgusting and perverted and hypersexual, like, a lot of rap and hip-hop is and how, like, Nicki Minaj is, like, basically a porn star. I mean, you, you listen to, you listen to, uh, you listen to, uh, My Handyman Ain't Handy No More by Alberta Hunter. You listen to that song and you tell me that that isn't like the dirtiest song you've ever heard in your life. He creams my wheat. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know. The, the innuendo is a thousand there's an he turns my butter like a, he turns my butter is like that gives me like so many different types of imagery that gives me like <laughs> that gives me like a thrusting motion like a consistency thing as well as a sound you know what I mean so like uh, yeah Nicki Minaj ain't got nothing on Alberta Hunter alright that's that's the truth um, who's that lady? Kapkake? That lady is gross. I'm sorry. I, I have a real, I have a problem with Kapkake. I'm not a Kapkake fan. 
It's 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 my own beef. I think it's just like porn trauma. I just can't. Anyway, I'm I'm talking about all fucking Alberta Hunter right now. Okay, Alberta Hunter. She was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, she worked as a maid in a Memphis brothel. She took piano lessons from a prominent jazz pianist, Tony Jackson, and she started uh, expanding her repertoire and composing her own songs. Um, the, this is the Downhearted Blues. Yes, the Downhearted Blues. Uh, it's also on the playlist. You got I mean, you just can't. It's, it's in the Dark Town Strutters Ball. That's where it is. The Dark Town Strutters Ball is what you gotta listen to. Um, oh my gosh. Alberta Hunter is, is something else. I, I can't even. It's transcendent. Uh, she recorded with uh, Louis Armstrong and Sidney Bechet. Um, she was doing, she was working for Paramount. She was working for Columbia. She did all sorts of amazing stuff. Uh, Victor Records, Oka, Paramount, Gannett, um, all the stuff. She, uh, so here's the deal. She was married, but she was also like shamelessly a lesbian. This is the whole deal. Um, it's kind of rare to find somebody from this, from this time that even wants to identify as a lesbian. At this time, it was a mental illness to be homosexual. It was, you know, um, and these terms were just kind of new. Uh, they, 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 homosexual, we, we forget that homosexual is not even like a word that people use, but, but, um, uh, she, she identified herself as a, as a lesbian. She kept her sexuality relatively private. Um, she was in a relationship with, uh, comedian Burt Williams' niece, Lottie Tyler. Um, she was married to this guy in, like, 1919. They, they divorced in 1923. Uh, he was like, you gotta quit your career. And she was like, nah. Thank the Lord she didn't. Yeah, then she met her girlfriend in 1927. I don't know if they met that that time. That's when they sailed for France, I guess. We, I mean, how do we even know this? That's nuts. So, yeah. Um, so, what do I know? I know that Handyman is not about a man. It's about your, your dyke girlfriend fingering you to completion which is like the best possible thing that anybody could ever write a song about that's the best that's the pinnacle right there so thank the fucking lord for alberta hunter you gotta check out the playlist um i'm having a good time it's also wonderful and uh it's on the top of the playlist because i i love it but i've got a mind to ramble uh i identify with that quite a bit Okay, so we're moving on, not because we want to, because we have to. All right, moving on. Ma Rainey. Ma Rainey. Why are we talking about Ma Rainey? Ma Rainey's a blues singer. She's got some songs on the playlist up here. We got uh, Runaway Blues, Jealousy Blues. Uh, 
Ma Rainey taught Bessie Smith. We're going to get to Bessie Smith here in a bit. But Ma Rainey ain't no... She's credited with being the mother of blues. She's one of the first recorded blues singers. Um, and uh, she's got this really big, powerful, expressive, moaning, wailing sort of voice that's just like, it just cuts right through you. It's amazing. Um, but like I said, she taught Bessie Smith. So, you know, it's one thing to be an amazing artist. It's a whole other thing to be an amazing artist that helped create Bessie Smith. You know, that's the, that's the only thing better than being, a, being an immortal superstar is making one. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we got to get to Bessie Smith. That's it. Um, Bessie Smith is regarded as one of the greatest blues singers. She's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, uh, uh, she, she was considered too rough. Um, supposedly stopped singing to spit. She's a low-class woman. Honestly, she's just kind of a big lady. I kind of think that people were just being pieces of shit to her. Seems likely to me. And, uh, uh, she married, uh, an old friend. Here's the deal, though. Like, all these people were married. All these people were married, you know. Alberta Hunter's married. You couldn't own a house or anything unless you were married. You, like, couldn't do fucking anything unless you had a husband. So, like, you know, the marriage is, like, it has nothing to do with their, their, their love, life, and, you know, sexuality. It has everything to do with just, like, the logistics of, of living in this world. As a woman in the 1920s, you gotta have a husband. Um, so, Bessie Smith was constantly having marriage troubles with whoever she was married to because she was constantly having sex with lots of different ladies. She identified, you know, I guess they, they, they're, they're labeling her as bisexual. I don't, know, I, I don't know if she she felt this way about herself. But she had an affair with Gertrude Saunders, who's another singer. And, uh, uh, yeah, they stopped. They stopped. Here's the deal. They stopped being married, but they didn't get divorced. You know, I don't want to be like it was a beard, but it could have been a beard. That's all I'm saying. So Bessie Smith... She was such a powerhouse. You have to listen to it. I mean, the listen to that you have to listen to it. Uh, Empty Bed Blues. Need a Little Sugar in My Bowl is the best song I ever heard in my whole fucking life. Also, I need sugar in my bowl. Uh, Baby, Won't You Please Come Home. Young Woman's Blues. Send Me to the Electric Chair. I mean... It's just, it's just, it's just good, it's just good music. Nobody knows you when you're down and out. Devil's gonna get you. Check this shit out. Oh my goodness. 
So yeah, Bessie Smith, uh, Bessie Smith was, uh, so Bessie Smith is mentoring Billie Holiday in the swing era. Shit's going nuts. Um, everybody is hanging out in Oka, uh, Columbia, everybody's doing, everybody's working with everybody, everybody's influencing everybody, but, uh, 1937, uh, Bessie Smith was critically injured in a car crash uh, driving between Memphis and Mississippi and uh, so she gets in this car accident and her right arm is pretty much like hanging off. She's pretty much, she's, she's losing a ton of blood. Sure, her right arm is hanging off. Uh, and her uh, partner at the time uh, Henry Broughton moves her to the side of the road uh, they're waiting for an ambulance and while they're waiting for an ambulance some young couple in another car hits their car on, that's had an accident and then a second ambulance gets called. So then apparently there's this story where, uh, uh, in an, in an article of Downbeat Magazine in 1937, uh, John Hammond, who's a writer and a producer, said that Bessie Smith, uh, was uh, denied admission to the whites-only hospital in Clarksdale, and that that's what caused her death. Um, but I think that they say that this story is not true, because there were two ambulances, and the timing wouldn't have made a difference. But, I don't know, it's all fishy as fuck. There's, like, a whole, like, scandal, one-act play written in 1959 about it called The Death of Bessie Smith. Um, obviously, historical accuracy is important, but, uh, you know, it seems too likely to me that that was part of the problem, you know? Like, if... if uh, and that's the thing is, is that it's just, she, you know, she ended up going to the Blacks-only hospital anyway. I mean, she was in fucking... She was in fucking... Clarksdale, Mississippi. Um, when she died, uh, more than ten thousand people wanted to go to her funeral. They had to. They had to make different arrangements because uh, she was so beloved, and uh, she's a true superstar. And uh, her music speaks for itself. So whether or not. Uh, you know, the circumstances of her death are horrible, no, regardless. Um, I don't know whether or not that, I don't know whether or not the, I guess the, I don't know whether or not, uh, I mean, obviously segregation, obviously segregation is a part of this. Undeniably. Whether or not it was the deciding factor, you know, it kind of seems like, 
Uh, her arm would have been amputated. Her arm was amputated. Her arm was am- amputated. And she, she died without regaining consciousness. Uh, uh, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a horrible situation. Okay. So that brings us to Billie Holiday. Who's going to get us into the swing era here? We're going from blues to swing. Um, and Billie Holiday is on this list. I want to talk about Billie Holiday mostly because I just am obsessed with Billie Holiday. Um, Billie Holiday got going in the 30s in the swing. She, you know, she she got tips from Bessie Smith, who is, uh, you know, one of the best blues singers that there ever was. Um... Holiday was so busy. She was she was kind of a she's kind of a young virtuoso. Uh, she was just yeah, a very musical person from the time she was a kid, and she uh, she like dropped out of high school because she was playing in clubs and stuff. Um, yeah, by by eleven, by age eleven, she had dropped out of school. She was she was she was one of those like young people that just like it's just like spewing music out of their soul all the time. Um, so her early career. She was singing in nightclubs in Harlem. So here, we finally have somebody that's not from the Midwest. We got, or the South. We got somebody who's from New York. She's from, uh, yeah, she's from New York. She's from Harlem. Um, so, uh, we have some of the early days of Billie Holiday here. Uh, later she becomes a huge superstar. Um, but she starts in the thirties and we are, we, we got some, we got some summertime. A lot of people like the song summertime. There's a lot of versions of summertime. I, there's, I think one of my favorite versions of it is the Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Porgy and Bess, uh, summertime. I can link that here if you want, but uh, if you haven't listened to this Billie Holiday summertime that's on the playlist, drop everything that you're doing and listen to the Billie Holiday summertime on the playlist. It's the best thing that's ever happened. Uh, I'm in a low down groove is like the, so good. Uh, all of me... It's amazing. Strange Fruit is one of the songs that got her famous. Uh, Strange Fruit is really incredible. It's a really beautiful song. Uh, Love Me or Leave Me. And uh, Your Mother's Son-in-Law is uh, one of the songs. Your your Mother's Son-in-Law is one of the songs that really got her going right when she finished. We're going to talk about Billie Holiday again on episode three because there's like a whole different era of it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit here. It doesn't apply. So we're going to talk about Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday is like not particularly like gay or queer or genderqueer or any of it. She's just dope. And like we have, she's got to be on the list. So she's on the list. All right. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Ida Cox. Holy shit, check out Ida Cox. Wild women don't have the blues. Ida Cox uh, is no no pushover. Ida Cox. So all these all these different sort of bluesy women's, all the different blues singers, they are so 
independent and sexual. And uh, that's the thing about uh, Bessie Smith that I think is just so unbelievable is how empowered and how strong and how independent uh, her her music is. And uh, Ida Cox, uh, Ida Cox was right up there with Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith. She, uh, uh, Ida Cox landed a deal with Paramount Records with the success of Crazy, Crazy Blues. Remember we were talking about how the classic female blues era started? Ida Cox benefited from that. She's one of the people that benefited from that. But Ida Cox has a really strong stage presence. She's a real clear performer. And her, her music really tells a story. And, um... It's almost kind of like, it's honestly, it's like, it really reminds me of Dolly Parton. I, like, it's really, really storytelling heavy sort of music. And, um, oh my God, it's so good. Uh, I, again, uh, 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 Blues for Rampart Street, Wild Women Don't Have the Blues, Fogeyism is the best. It's, you gotta check it out. There's just nothing like it. Um, Okay. Moving on to Memphis Mini. Memphis Mini. We're getting into, we're getting into, we're almost to rock and roll, guys. We're almost there. So Memphis Mini was a, uh, a blues guitarist, singer, uh, whose career was mostly from the 20s to the 50s. And, uh, uh, she's like, so much like Sister Rosetta Tharp. We're getting to Sister Rosetta Tharp soon, but she's a lot like Sister Rosetta Tharp. Um, she sings and she plays the electric guitar. And um, she was very independent. And uh, she would uh, she would play guitar. And people would be like, oh, you're so good at guitar, you play like a man. Oh, you're so you, you're so good at guitar, you play like a man. And she's just like, I just play good, I'm just good at guitar. I don't need to be a man in order to be good at guitar. I, I recently been playing guitar. I'll tell you, there, I don't think being a man would give you any sort of advantage to playing guitar. I can't imagine what a single one of it is. I mean, like, you know, guitar's like tiny. Everything's tiny, especially compared to bass. Like, holy shit. It just like cuts up your little fingers and stuff. I got little chub chubs, you know. So like, when I'm pressing down, I put down one string and I put down like ten strings. You know, there's only there's only there's only there's only six of them. So I don't know how I put down one finger and I'm hitting so many strings. You know, it's hard. I think being a chick would make guitar easier. Just saying. And uh, I think people are just idiots. I think we already know that though. Um, so here's the deal the main distinction between Memphis Minnie and Sister Rosetta Tharp is that Memphis Minnie was like fuck gospel music I hate church that's the big distinction here um, so M- Memphis Minnie is hardcore blues and uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp uh, reached mass popularity primarily through gospel music and um both of these though with both of these women they're they're fiercely independent 
uh, uh, Memphis Minnie is, like, not particularly gay in any way. There's no, like, there's no, like, she doesn't have a reputation for, like, you know, having sex with ladies between shows. So, Memphis Minnie, not as, not as ambiguously queer, alright? But, um, Sister Rosetta Tharp, definitely ambiguously queer. Sister Rosetta Tharp had, like, a girlfriend musician, uh, what's her name? Marie Knight. Sister Rosetta Tharp was, like, totally banging Marie Knight. And Marie Knight, uh, ended up having a music career because she was banging, uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp. For sure. That's what happened. I'm sorry, Marie Knight is cool and all, but, like, Sister Rosetta Tharp had a big old crush on her. Told all the people that were signing her deals that Marie Knight had a really special contralto sort of like singing voice. And then bitch gets gigs, you know? Sister Rosetta Tharp is a thousand times better than Marie Knight. I'm sorry. Marie Knight has a version of Didn't It Rain that's like, you know, just like Sister Rosetta Tharp's Didn't It Rain, except way, way worse and like just not stylistically relevant anymore. Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp, she starts off as like a rock and roll sort of blues lady. You, you could say that she's the first real star to rock and roll. She's got a real clear rock and roll sort of sound. And, uh, uh, you know, we got Big Mama Thornton coming up with Hound Dog. And Hound Dog is the same fucking song that Elvis plays. Except Elvis plays it like eight years later. Big Mama Thornton. So here we got we, we got the blues that's turning into swing, that's turning into rock. It's gonna turn into rock and roll here soon. But it's kind of just blues and then it turns into rock and roll and what's the difference what happens honestly just white people find blues music and try to play it it sounds stiff and has no soul and they call it rock and roll that's what happens um big mama thornton's hound dog it's a thousand times better than uh than elvis's Hound Dog. Uh, Big Mama Thornton's everything is a thousand times better than Elvis's everything. Elvis is just a weird guy in tight pants with my haircut. You know what I mean? It's some bullshit. Uh, Sister Reza Tharp, she's OG Elvis, except she's kind of like OG Dolly Parton because she just kind of goes straight gospel and dedicates her whole life to doing gospel stuff. But she's also gay as fuck. So it's like She's just trying to be the best person she can be and doing it the best way she can through music. I'm trying to get everybody to get along through music. She's wildly successful. But, you know, it's America, so none of these black women are as successful as this one stupid random-ass white guy swinging his hips talking about, you know, hound dogs. I just can't get over it. I can't, I'm, I don't know. My girlfriend was like, well, Elvis changed the song. He did this. He did this. He did this. It's like you know, like I get it. That's fine. 
the number one thing that he changed was that he wasn't a black woman. He, he's a white guy. He sang the same song. Sang the same song a little faster. With and and then and then people are people are always talking about how like oh Elvis is famous because he swang his hips and stuff. He was sexual. Fucking. Where were you when we were listening to Alberta Hunter? Because that bitch is sexual. You know what I mean? That's some sexy shit. Cream my wheat. Cream it. Ugh. Anyway, so so what happens? White people find blues music, turn it into quote-unquote rock and roll. And uh, you gotta listen to Big Mama Thornton. Uh, rock me, baby. Like my back ain't got no bone. That sounds like paradise. Please do that. That sounds wonderful. Oh my god. You ever think about just like, you know, like sometimes I'll just pick up my girlfriend and just like, you know, like wiggle her a little bit with her feet hanging so that she, her back pops. She loves it. Like, you know, we I quite literally rock her like she ain't got no bone. You know what I mean? Anyway. Okay. So Big Mama Thornton. Oh, that was like a really, it was a real smooth transition there. Um, oi, baby Big Mama Thornton's for the next episode. She's kind of like late. She's like early 50s. You know what I mean? She's not really this time period. But, you know, that's where we're going. We go, we go from, we go from blues to swing to Sister Rosetta Tharp, Big Mama Thornton, then fucking Elvis comes in. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Bitch, we've been doing this for a while, you know? Like, if you listen to Big Mama Thornton, Elvis is some has-been shit. Meanwhile, Sarah Vaughn is like one of the most virtuoso singers of the swing era. Uh, check out Sarah Vaughn, um, Mean to Me, If You Could See Me Now. I'd rather have money, I'd rather have a memory than a dream. I'd rather have a memory than a dream. So Sarah Vaughn, another one that's going to be more on episode three. Uh, then episode two, but, uh, we're, you know, we're kind of seeing the evolution of, uh, of, uh, of what women are able to express in music. That's really kind of the root of it. It's not really about, uh, it's not really about these individuals. It's more about these individuals breaking barriers at every turn for other people to come and bust through so that they don't get stuck at the same spots that the last people got. They're, they're blazing the trail. They're, they're trailblazers. Maybe that's what I should... I should say trailblazers from the 1920s. Um, but then we got Ella Fitzgerald coming in. Ella Fitzgerald... Ella Fitzgerald... You know, she had, a, she had an enormous career. Uh, but she didn't really start... But the thing about it is that Ella Fitzgerald, and you know, she was kind of like working her way to try to get to be a solo artist uh, during this time. So all these famous blues singers were laying it down, and Ella Fitzgerald was working her ass off, doing stuff uh, with. Uh, uh, all sorts of different people in Harlem. She was doing uh, Harlem Opera House. Uh, 
she started doing tracks with Decca Records in the 19 mid 1940s. So she's not really uh, when she gets into the verve years is when it really starts to happen. When uh, when uh, when she does the Cole Porter songbook, it's the first it's the first album that this new Verve Records uh, released. We'll talk about that later. This is the whole point. We're going to talk about it later. Um, so yes, stay tuned for episode three. We're going to talk about Alpha Zero. We're going to talk about Sarah Bond. We're going to talk about uh, more Anita O'Day. We're going to talk a little bit about Anita O'Day today. Then we're going to get into uh, Dinah Washington. We're going to do Blossom Deary. We're going to do lots more Elvis Joe. We're going to do Patsy Cline. We're going to do Peggy Lee. Peggy Lee, you know, it's like one of my favorites. Um, oh, it's so good. But uh, make sure, check out uh, Anita O'Day. That's what you think. Anita O'Day, uh, Beautiful Love. Uh, the playlist is good. The playlist is good, y'all. Um, Anita O'Day is the only white lady on the. It's only the only white lady on the list, and um, she she started in the in the 30s, but she she was real into drugs and stuff. She was like drunk and high all the fucking time. She got arrested for weed. She got arrested for heroin. She was always, uh, she was, she was called Jazz's Jezebel because she was always drunk high and having sex with somebody. So, um, she's, she's an admirable sort of lady. I have a lot of respect for her. And, uh, she's, uh, you know, she's the only white lady on the list. She's not particularly gay, but she's, uh, she refuses to pander to any stereotype. The main reason that uh, the main reason that I like Anita O'Day is she's always wearing a suit jacket when she performs. She's she uh, she 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 dressed like a band member when she first started doing it. The the, the her early work especially she dressed like a band member. She looks hot. She's always wearing like a suit jacket and stuff. So you know why is Anita O'Day on the list? Because like, I want to fuck her. Like Anita O'Day is hot as fuck. You know, they don't say that she was having sex with ladies, but I would have tried to, you know, I would have been disappointed. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so check out Shine Louise Houston's Indiegogo campaign for their new movie. It's going to be awesome. And uh, check out the playlist. The playlist is no joke. So the next episode that we're doing, the next episode that we're doing is going to be the 45s to 60s-ish. Um, if I miss somebody that you really like, let me know about it. If it's a huge mistake, I'll just make a whole goddamn episode about it. Don't don't tempt me. Don't think I'm kidding. I will. I'll do it. I'll make a whole episode just for the thing I left out. Just for you. Just to be like, you know? So, uh, 
The other thing about it is that all these playlists that I'm building are all available all the time. So I've got about nine playlists for nine episodes that I am sorting through, organizing, playlisting. I'm going to give you a bit of a preview for what's coming up. We got, so it's, this is the 20s, the 45s, we're doing 45s to 60s, we're doing 60s to 70s, we're doing 70s to 80s. We're doing 80s to 90s, we're doing 90s to 1000s, we're doing 2000s to 2010s, and then we're doing, uh, oh wait, no, we're doing 2000s to 2015, and then we're doing 2015 to now. That's a whole separate thing. And if you notice, you know, we're getting kind of, it goes from like two, two and a half decades to two decades to, or two and a half decades to one and a half decades to one decade to one decade to one decade, and then to like half a decade. It's not that there's more queer musicians, it's that there's more musicians that are willing to label themselves as queer. It becomes, you know, different. A lot different. More than just a little different. Okay? Yeah, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna leave something out. I can't wait to hear about it. I can't wait to listen to it. I can't wait to I can't wait to learn. And uh, I hope you like the playlist. I really like the playlist. We don't get to listen to this kind of music anymore. Nobody plays this kind of music anymore. The blues is just... Nobody, nobody beats the blues. It's exactly how I feel all the fucking time. Um, how spooky is it to listen to music that's 100 years old and have it just chill you? You know, like, how human is this experience that that, that, that happens? Like, why, why can I listen to Bessie Smith and... and and feel understood you know why would I feel understood by somebody who 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 I I you know I never met that I will never meet that that lived a completely different life than me and then and then you look at her and you and you and you read about her life and you see the parallels and it's just like holy shit you know Ugh. I hope you ha- I hope you have a similar experience all this music means a lot to me so tune in for the next one it's gonna be awesome i can't wait uh have a good week everybody ta-ta for now